welcome back to Noah's Window. Uh, today we're going to stay in the book of Nehemiah again because I think there's just so much there that we can yeah. talk about. And we were talking earlier, Mark was mentioning about the, the historical chronology here, even though Nehemiah is kind of looks like it's in the middle of the Bible. You want to talk about that? Well, bit? you know, when I was a kid growing up, I sort of figured that the Old Testament was in chronological order. And uh, when you read the book of Nehemiah and look at it in the Bible, it's really in the middle. The placement is in the middle of the Old Testament, but actually it's the last history of the Old Testament before what we call the silent years of the intertestament period. But what's happened, just if, for those of you who study your Bible, you know, there was the period of the kings and God had been telling the people of Israel and Judah if they didn't repent, they were going to go into captivity. They went into captivity to Babylon. They were in captivity to Babylon for 70 years. Then the Persians took over. Um, and then, as we talked about yesterday, uh, the Persian kings, because God had worked in their hearts, allowed the Jews to go back home. And so when you read the book of Nehemiah, you the temple has already been rebuilt, mm -hmm. but the walls were not rebuilt right. and the city was vulnerable. And so Nehemiah, as we saw yesterday, was not a preacher. He was not a priest. Uh, he was what we would call a bureaucrat today. Mm -hmm. he, he worked in the administration of the Persian king, but he had a, a burden on his heart as a layman to go and do something about that. And God gave him favor with the king and he went back and led the group of people under intense opposition to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Which they completed in 52 days. It's remarkable. It's just a miracle. And when you read the book of Nehemiah and read all the opposition that they had from the inside and from the outside, mm -hmm. you know, clearly as, as Ezra and Nehemiah both say, the hand of God was on them. So when the wall was finished and they had a great celebration, they called everybody together yeah. And uh, uh, they asked Ezra, who was with the group that came back and built the temple. So Ezra came and he, they asked him to read the book of the laws, Law of Moses to the people. And it was a very moving experience. And I hope you'll grab your Bible and read this whole account. Yeah, it's just such an interesting thing. And, and this all happened in the month of October when mm -hmm. the walls were finished. And it, it, was, uh, it happened over a period of several days. And the people have been... That this generation doesn't know anything about keeping God's laws right. that were part of the Old Testament Jewish covenant because they had uh, been born and grown up in captivity and then really for years before that, before they went into captivity, the, the Jews had not been faithful to do this. Right. So this is a generation that has to be reacquainted with God. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they saw the need to rebuild walls from a purely... Uh, just protect the community right. standpoint for our town. but yeah. now they need to reconnect with God and Ezra calls them into what the Bible calls a solemn assembly yeah. and they they pray and really Ezra reads the Word of God to them and at first they begin to weep because right. I think they realize they how realize far it, yeah. they were away from God. And I love what Ezra said. He said, this is not a day to weep. Mm -hmm. This is a day to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Celebrate a new beginning with God. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of brings us up to what you want to talk about today. Well, then just subsequent to that, then they have this, this time of prayer. It's kind of a corporate prayer. And I hope you'll grab your Bible and read this because they're talking to God. But in, in this prayer, they're recounting a lot of history yeah. and you know in our generation we tend to uh, not want to go back to history but it's so important to, to go into history and so they talk about the history of the people of Israel and, and there's a pattern that you see 
over and over and over. And as I was marking as we were reading, and, and again, this is part of the prayer. I hope you'll grab your Bible and go read this whole thing. But just for instance, in um, chapter, what is this, 9, um, it says, But our ancestors were proud and stubborn. They paid no attention to your commands. And skipped down and said, But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. And over and over, it talks about God's mercy. Down in verse 19, it says, But in your great mercy, you do not abandon them. And then into, go on into... Um, Later in chapter 9, down in verse 27, uh, In your great mercy you sent them liberators. This is talking about the time of the period of the judges. I said, um, and it goes on in the down in the, uh, verse 28, In your wonderful mercy you rescued them many times. But then right after that, it says, But they became proud and obstinate, disobeyed your commands. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. In your love you were patient with them for many years. Um, and so you see that pattern over and over and over. Well, I think you got to get this picture in your mind mm -hmm. of where these people are because they are back into the city of Jerusalem, a new temple, an inferior temple, mm -hmm. we know. It, it wasn't anything like Solomon's temple. It wasn't nearly as beautiful or ornate. And on top of that, they just finished the walls. But we know from the book of Nehemiah there's a lot of debris. Mm -hmm. So here are the people of God. Think about this juxtaposition. They're having a new beginning in the middle of debris. Mm -hmm. They need to connect those dots. You know, someone has said, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. And so you can see that Ezra's, he wants them to be happy. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, he's not summoning them to feel bad because of all things that have been done in the past. He just wants them to learn the lesson. So he's reminding them of the pattern that's been repeated over and over and over. And one of the reasons I think this is so important to see in that story of Nehemiah, for one thing, it, it's the depravity we talk about. We're, we're yeah. all gonna, always going to tend to do that. And, and we're always going to see God respond in mercy and love. But in, in Nehemiah's day, right after this, and you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but right after this, the people are so moved and they're so um, determined to follow God. And so they take an oath. They, you know, they really make all these promises. They straighten things up and they, they get on the right track. And uh, a short time after that, Nehemiah goes back to Persia. You know, um, he was there, I think it was 12 years, and he goes back to Persia. And when he comes back, they've just undone almost everything. Well, you know, I love that song, Come Thou Found. And mm -hmm. the line that I love most in Come Thou Found is prone to wander, wander, Lord, Lord I, I feel it. it. Yeah. And, and I just think that's going to be that constant tension. We, we talked a lot about that in sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. Because, we, you know, the, the typical experience is we tend to have some high moments with God. And then, you know, oftentimes when things get well, get good, you know, start being good again, we can forget about the Lord. And that's what happened. You know, that's this is perfect. I'm not trying to sell the upcoming series. But that's what this upcoming series is about. It, it's about living in the promised land. Mm -hmm. You know, not just visiting it, but living there. Because I think there's a life that God has for Christ followers that very few people really get into. And so uh, I'm not trying to sell the series, as I said, but <laughs> we have a tremendous message this coming weekend uh, called Come Out of the Wilderness. And, and uh, I just I can't wait to talk about this. But this is what happened with with Ezra here in the book of Nehemiah. And, and here's the thing. When the people are celebrating and promising that they're going to follow God, they don't know yet that they're going to backslide. Right, that's At true. this moment, it's their heart to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just can't, can't get over this one thing. Here they are in the middle of all this debris, this broken city. And to me, this whole, this whole story could be summed up in maybe a sentence or two. And that is, because of our sin, we could have been destroyed. Mm, that's right. You know, I mean, he's, he's showing them the past. 
the debris of the captivity is still lying around in the city of Jerusalem. And Ezra could have, you know, said, was basically saying, God could have destroyed us, but he didn't. And instead he's given us this new beginning. Right, so the emphasis is really God's mercy. It's very much it's on God's, God's mercy. mercy. It yeah. sure is. You know, we're flawed, broken people. That's right. And yet God does not, as we, I think we've had on Noah's wind at least a couple of times, David said, God does not treat us in accordance to our iniquities because he said if God did who could stand right and you also not not too long ago we're on notice when we talked about every time when we call on God in repentance he always answers he yeah. always rescues us when we have a humble heart so like you say we're, we are prone to wander but God's mercy is infinite one more thing and I, I guess I'll circle back to what I said a few moments ago the, the cure for their situation was the Word of God mm -hmm. they needed to be reacquainted with the Word of God and, and I just think that's true for me anyone else we need that constant messaging of God's Word I mean that's a big reason why we do Noah's window it's a big reason mm -hmm. why we are in church every week mm -hmm. no matter how much we, we how much we learn from the Bible we need that constant messaging you know I mean like just take the plan of salvation you know how i am on this i mean i was saved when i was eight i preach it every weekend i still want somebody to preach it to me mm -hmm. you know i want somebody to tell me one more time the good news of jesus christ i mean I, it never gets old and well and when we when we fail to remember and repeat then uh, that's when we you know we become forgetful and and we're, we uh, don't pass down to the next generation a lot of bad things happen it's yeah. just important to Rehearse and remember every day what God has done. Yeah, you just see that here. And it was the reading of the Word of God, I think, that brought about conviction and then brought mm -hmm. about joy mm -hmm. uh, through the restoration of repentance. Well, I hope that's encouraging. You know, um, it, is, it is a reality that we tend to go that direction, but it's also a reality that God continues to uh, show mercy. Well, it is. And this is just a marvelous book. And I don't know if I mentioned this or not yesterday, but I did a series back in 2014 called Build It. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's available or not, but if you can get your hands on it, uh, to me, it's one of the one of my favorite series that I've done looking back. You know how the next one's always the biggest one. Uh, but sometimes when I look back, there's certain series that I just love. Mm -hmm. And I really do love the, uh, the series on Nehemiah. And if you can find it, one of my favorite messages, and I know it's become a favorite when I've done this at conferences around the country, there's a message called Records at the Build Site. Mm -hmm. And so if you get a chance to catch that song. I'll see if I can find it okay. and link it on our channel. <laughs> I'll try to remember that. At least that's how I remember the title. I think it was back in 2014, so I've slept since then. I'll find it. I can dig around and find the buried treasure. Uh, well, as we're thinking about God's mercy and, and how privileged we are to know that His mercy is always available, and I know we all need to hear that today. Mark, could you lead us in yeah. prayer? Father, thank you for what we read here, because just like the people of Israel, there have been times when we went through dry seasons, and then out of your mercy, you brought us back to a high spiritual place, and then we slipped back a little bit again like the people, but you always are there when we call on you. And when we testify that you have always been faithful, although we have not. And help us to remember your word. And Lord, I pray that when Satan comes along with temptation, help us to lean on you and to turn back from what he's calling us to do, whether it's some uh, physical act or, or spiritual uh, weakness, or if it's just, uh, just an attitude or whatever we develop, Lord. When Satan comes to us and tries to get us to sow to our flesh, we pray that your Holy Spirit will gently convict us to turn around and not fall prey to that. We love you. We ask your grace and blessing today and provision and protection. And we promise to give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, thank you for joining us today on Noah's Window. We'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.